If you have a story that you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please consider sending it my way. Just go to asthereavendreams.com and click the button to submit your story. And of course, thank you. Sometime in 2020, I think around March, before the UK lockdown, me and my cousin were playing Tekken 7 on my Xbox. Out of nowhere, the game crashes and goes back to the Xbox home, so I thought, oh, must have just been a little malfunction. I click the icon to start playing again, and a message that says, enter a disc to play this game pops up. I knew from there that the disc must have gotten stuck, so I was gutted, but not too much as I only play the Xbox when my cousin is around, and also, I have the game on PC. The whole of 2020 goes by, and I didn't slash couldn't get my Xbox fixed due to COVID, and I wasn't too fussed on it as, again, I didn't really play it. One of my sisters and I tried to get the disc out manually, there was a manual eject button you could press with something thin, so we used a paperclip. That didn't work, and we accidentally lost the paperclip inside the Xbox. Then, we even opened the Xbox up trying to see if we could access the reader to get the disc out, but we needed specific screwdrivers for that, so no luck there. We eventually gave up and my sister checked the game case just in case but there was no game in it. Around April of 2021, I decided it was time to get the Xbox fixed as my older sister was getting married in a couple of months' time, and so she was over frequently, and family would be over soon to help with preparations, etc. And so, it might be used to play. I took it to my local electronic experts, and I told them the problem. Disc stuck inside. They said, no problem, it'll be 20 pounds. However, if the reader happens to break while they're taking the disc out, it will cost more. The usual. I say fine, and I leave it to them. I then receive a text that same day from them saying that it's ready to be collected, and will only cost the 20 pounds. So I remember that I was happy that there was no damage done. I got to the shop, and they proceeded to tell me that there was no disc in the drive. I was utterly confused. My immediate thoughts were that they were scamming me, and that they took my disc. They're a trusted company, so I was a bit disoriented by this, or that they didn't really check. So, I asked if they put another disc in it, and they said yes, and that it worked completely fine. They also found the paperclip that me and my sister lost, and then returned it to me in a small Ziploc bag. I then said thank you, and paid and left, still confused, and then I even phoned my sister, who couldn't answer as she was in a meeting, so I texted her everything, to which she then phoned me soon after. I tell her that they didn't find a disc, and that I think they maybe may have taken the disc, still believing this outrageous hypothesis that I made up. I go home, and just to make sure that I'm not going crazy, I check the Tekken 7 case. And what do you know? 
the game is there. I remember telling my sister this over the text, and she phoned again also confused, stating that she checked the game case on the night that we opened the Xbox up just to make sure I wasn't being silly. But it really wasn't there. I still don't know what happened. I asked both my mom and dad, even though they never touched the Xbox, if they had maybe seen the disc and put it back in, and they both denied it. I then thought maybe a guest or an extended family member came over and saw it and put it back, but then I remember that it was during lockdown, so no one would have been at our house anyways. This really sucked, as it meant I could have used the Xbox for the past year, but didn't. But you couldn't blame me, as I was 100% sure that there was a disc stuck inside. I genuinely would have betted my life on the fact that there was a disc inside. I've got several far-fetched explanations, but they're all a reach, and I genuinely believe that I and my family, or my Xbox, entered a parallel universe or something, or experienced memory loss from carbon monoxide poisoning, as these explanations do not make sense. Explanation 1, most realistic, me and my cousin were actually playing on my PC. This doesn't make sense, however, as I and him specifically remember playing on the Xbox. We also almost always play on the Xbox when he's here anyways, as it's much easier than getting my laptop out, plugging in the HDMI, etc. And also, I remember the message about entering a disc coming up. An explanation too, which is very far-fetched. After a while, out of autopilot, I maybe saw the disc ejected and put it back in its case, but then forgot. This obviously doesn't make sense. I would have remembered something like this, even if it was autopilot, due to the seriousness of the situation, my Xbox potentially being broken. Also, I remember my sister opening the game case and seeing no game in there. She also opened all the other game cases just in case. I'm not here for an explanation. Although, if you have one, I would love to hear it. I'm just here to share my story, as I recently heard of the subreddit due to a podcaster mentioning reading stories off here. I'm an avid listener to your YouTube channel. I really enjoy your Glitch in the Matrix readings... Actually, that's the first thing of yours I ever listened to. It especially piqued my interest because I had a glitch in the Matrix moment many years ago. I don't know what these glitches are, or even if they exist, or if it's our minds playing an elaborate hoax on us. I feel like maybe they're more of a slip into a different dimension, whether temporary or not. Of course... The most likely answer is that our brains are playing some sort of trick on us. However, if it is a trick, it is certainly a convincing one. I guess I've waxed philosophically long enough, so here's my glitch in the Matrix moment. I'm a woman. My ex-fiancé and I owned a business together at that time. We lived in a house on a hill in California and my ex, Rod, always left for work before I did. He would be there to open the business, 
I would go in a few hours later and be there to lock up. I usually worked until about 7pm or later. My mornings typically consisted of me waking up and then taking a shower before getting dressed and taking our beautiful Rottweiler, Misty, for a walk. After our short walk, I would put my makeup on, get in the car, and then drive to work. I'd been doing this same routine for about four years when my glitch occurred. One day, I'm not sure of the date, but I know it was shortly before September 11th, 2001, I left for work as usual. When I got to the bottom of the hill, I turned right as always, in the direction of work. I went one block before needing to turn left. At the light where I turned left, there was a newish apartment building. Except on this day and all the days following. This day, I get to the light where the apartment building had been for years, and it was an old strip mall. The strip mall looked like any depressing strip mall in a city. It looked dirty and old, and consisted of the usual stuff that makes up most city strip malls. There was a cleaners, a liquor store, and other miscellaneous businesses. There was no apartment building. I looked at the street signs, thinking I must have somehow taken a different turn, but no. It was the same cross street that I had always used. I looked at the strip mall again. Was it new? No, it was obviously old, worn, and even dirty. I felt like a hand was gripping my heart. Surely everyone should be freaking out. How could a huge apartment building suddenly be gone and be replaced by something else entirely? So, I looked at the people around me, expecting everyone to be looking as confused and confounded as I was, but no. Everyone seemed to think this was the normal state of things. I spent the rest of the day in a state of confused fogginess. I walked around like a zombie without understanding what happened. How could it have happened? Why was no one else freaking out? Every day from there forward, I stared at the strip mall, and it stayed a strip mall. I kept expecting it to go back to normal. The entire time until I moved away, it stayed to that strip mall. I never talked about it to anyone for years, but it never left my head, nor have I ever been able to explain it. And no, I have never been mentally ill, nor ever taken hallucinogenic drugs. One day, one small part of my universe changed, and I have no idea of how or why. I know it doesn't seem like a huge deal, but after that, the entire world changed. Of course, 9-11 happened shortly afterwards, and after that, everything has felt upside down. Most people my age will agree that nothing since then has felt... right. Perhaps that's because a whole bunch of us suddenly were in the wrong dimension, with no idea of how we got into this strange, divergent world. This is one of the two most mind-blowing glitches I've ever had. I keep not posting it because I'm verbose and it might be long, so... Here goes. My friends and I were tall, smart, long-haired men in the mid-80s. 
tight blue jeans, blue jean jacket. We were 100% sober going to the local lake for a smoke. Maple Lake was roughly square, maybe 200 feet by 400 feet. East was a dam and cement area to sit, with diving boards. West was a peninsula where the two streams feed into the lake, north corner. North was Berm and the Susquehanna Railroad Tracks. South was a part-paved, part-dirt-path road with a pavilion and suburbia above a steep hill. There was an object of interest, a pipe made of a deep socket wrench socket and a question-mark-shaped metal tube that clicked into the square hole of the socket, heavy and metal. We had to make do with what we had back in those days, you know? The incident. We walked west along the south side, and I saw a clump of poplar-slash-tulip trees that had fallen over into the water. There were multiple bowls-slash-trunks grown together, a few underwater bowls held two large bowls above the lake, with a three-inch bowl acting like a handrail. I suggested that we go out there. I sat on the east bowl facing west, he was west facing east. Our knees a few inches apart, and our feet were two feet above the water, blue sky above. I handed him the pipe. I felt his hand wrap carefully around it as we were over the lake and didn't want to drop it. I looked down right toward my right pocket as I let go of it, and started to use my left hand to hold my right change pocket open to get the stuff out. Tight jeans. Once out, I looked at my friend. He was doing the same action, using his left hand to pry his front right pocket open to pull out a standard Bic lighter. He got it out, looked at me, and then looked away. After waiting for him to hand me the pipe, I finally said something about it. He said he didn't have it. I said that I just handed it to him, and I felt him take it. He said that he started to, but then he reached for his lighter. We repeated this conversation. We then searched ourselves. We then repeated the conversation and the search at least three more times. It hadn't dropped into the water... It was not resting on the branch above our eyes that had been our handrail. The pipe was big, slippery, and heavy. It wouldn't have perched there. It was not in any pockets. I often hooked the socket pair on my left breast pocket when I needed to set it down, and it wasn't there. After these multiple pocket-slash-area searches and frustrated discussion, we finally just both stared at each other with our hands out in a what-the-hell motion as we scrunched our faces in disbelief. Suddenly, it falls from the blue sky above, hits my left thigh, and ricochets past my right knee. Thankfully, I've always had great reflexes, and I snatched it from the air. My friend had seen it fall from above me as we stared at each other. Roughly 23 years later, my friend says, Hey, I wanted to ask... Do you remember that day at Maple Lake? And I finished with, and the bull vanished and then fell from the sky. And he was like, I still think about that from time to time, and I wondered if you remembered it. And I said, I'll never forget that moment in time. Thanks for reading. This is 100% true, 
I could make up a better paranormal tale than this. <laughs> this was just a really weird day. So, I guess I'm going to start from the time that I went to the hospital in 2015. Apparently, I had high blood pressure and it was dissecting my aorta. I was rushed into surgery to save my life. I was out for two weeks, but within that time I had what I called nightmares. It was two straight weeks of complete terror. Sometimes I experienced myself in my everyday life, but each vision, dream, or nightmare always ended in the very hospital that I was in. Sometimes I woke, and I'm in the morgue, surrounded by bodies, while I was yelling to get attention and nobody could hear me. Other times I was in a completely different life, but I was still me. One, I was a rich entrepreneur nightclub owner, and I'm not the nightclub type. Other times, I was a soldier in Iraq separated from my platoon. I was captured and tortured and forced to denounce America. Another dream, I was trapped in a strange restaurant that I owned and ran. Anyway, let me digress. When I finally came to, I just wanted to see my wife. The nurse said that she was coming and should be there any minute. My wife did end up coming, and when I saw her, I knew it was her, but she looked different. Her weight had changed, and so did her voice. Our memories were mostly on par with slight differences. I just wrote it off as a perception of events, and carried on waiting to be released so I could go home and finally feel safe. So, as I was discharged and sent home with a huge amount of medication and new life rules to live by. They wheeled me down to my wife's car, but only it wasn't the car that I remembered. She owned a Hyundai Tucson, but this new car was a Chevy Equinox. I only knew it was her because I could see her get out to help me in the car. I asked her when she got the new car, and she said that she hadn't. We get home, and she helps me out and into the house. At this point, everything else looked normal. Same furniture, same color walls. So I began to brush things off again, figuring I would eventually circle back to what I had noticed. I asked where the dogs were, and she said that she had put them out so they won't jump on me because of my chest incision. So she got me upstairs and put me in bed and turned on the TV. And that's when I started to notice more strange things. And this stuff cannot be a perception problem. I turned on the TV to watch some news and saw that Donald Trump was running for president. I thought, that's strange, because I remember he had dropped out of the race because the Republicans wouldn't back him, but they seemed to be embracing him. I thought maybe he had decided to just get back in. I was trying really hard to just brush things off now. I started to get anxiety really bad, so I turned off the news and picked one of my favorite movies to watch, The Lord of the Rings. As I was relaxing and getting my mind right, my wife made me something to eat and asked if I was ready or willing to see the dogs. I couldn't wait to see Rue and Riley. She opened the bedroom door and called them. 
They come running up in the bedroom, but instead of being happy to see me, they just stopped, sat and stared at me. There was no welcome home like usual. They acted like I had been there the whole time. Shortly after this, I learned about the Mandela Effect. I can tell you that this is not all the Mandela Effects that I do remember, but some that I do. I don't know what any of this means, but that's my story. Throughout my young life, I had experienced many instances of what some may call déjà vu. Fleeting moments when I had a strange feeling of seeing something for the first time, as well as having a sense of experiencing it before. For me, it was even hearing or thinking a specific thought while seeing something that I swear I've experienced before. The most notable occurrence was when me and my two high school buddies decided to spar each other in the basement with some fresh boxing gloves. We decided not to go full force because we had at least a slight respect for each other's health. Anyway, a few matches in, my friend landed a hard, solid hit to my temple. My head jerked to the right, and when my vision steadied, I was looking at a recliner chair. My poor friend thought that he really hurt me because I froze instantly. The hit was jarring, but I froze because not only do I remember seeing the exact image, I remember dreaming it at some point. Strange, but I just chalked it up to my brain being dumb and remembering and experiencing it at the same time. However, that all changed one night during my senior year of high school. Something beyond deja vu that changed my entire view of reality. Not too long after said sparring match, I found myself walking down a dimly lit hallway with white string lights running down either side along the roof. I kept walking, and I could see a strange sight. At the end of the hall was my current math teacher sitting all alone at a folding table. We exchanged pleasantries, and he reached out for my hand. I gave it to him, and he wrote the symbol for the absolute power of X, so pipe symbol X, pipe symbol, on the top of my hand in Sharpie. He then proceeded to write another math-related symbol on someone next to me. I looked at the symbol again, and that's when a loud sound started piercing the air. I awoke to my alarm clock ringing for my usual wake-up time. I cleared it, and sat there groggily repeating my dream in my head, and having a quick mental chuckle on how weird it was before proceeding with my day. A few months later was my senior prom. I didn't care much for dances, but it was a big deal for my girlfriend at the time, so I tried my best to make it special for her. So there we were taking an elevator to the top floor of a tall building downtown. We stepped off the elevator into a dimly lit hall, with white string lights running its length along the roof. At this time, I remember a small nagging feeling in the back of my head, but I'm too caught up on the occasion to pay it any heed. At the end of the hall sat my current math teacher. 
apparently he was put in charge of taking tickets and marking people's hands so they can come and go from the venue. I greeted him as we walked up, and that nagging feeling was becoming quite distracting. As you can probably guess by now, after he took our tickets, he then motioned for my hand and started writing. Yep, there it was. An X sandwiched between two vertical lines. He then proceeded to write the other symbol for my dream on my girlfriend's hand. The nagging feeling had stopped. In its place was reality-shattering confusion and fear. This was no, hmm, that's funny, I feel like I've been here before. I immediately remembered the dream without a doubt. Not to mention the two symbols that took it from a possible crazy coincidence to something unexplainable. All of this hit me at once, so on the outside, I had froze, staring at my hand. My teacher and girlfriend noticed and asked if I was okay. I stared for a few more seconds and said, Sorry, yeah, and proceeded to the left where the entrance line was. Me being still visibly shaken, my girlfriend inquired again. She wasn't the overly skeptical type, so... I decided to try and explain. Her overall reaction was basically, huh, weird. I then decided to drop it and continue the night normally, due to it being important to her. Of course, in the back of my mind, there was a mixture of excited and scared. Later on, a disappointment joined my new reality. If I had dreamed of my future... Clearly, that means that our destinies are predetermined, and that bothered me. No matter what I do, everything is all written out. Is choice even really a thing? However, as I looked into paranormal topics along the same line, some new theories popped up that eased some of my new depressing views of reality. For example, instead of seeing my future... I was glimpsing into a parallel timeline-slash-dimension, where the only noticeable difference is the other me went to my prom months earlier. On the other hand, if I did see my future, maybe it was circumstances that were to come true along my current path, but were not set in stone. Kind of rafting down a river and getting a view of a particular bend. You'll get there if you still decide to raft, but at any time you have a choice to take a different branch or leave the river entirely. At that point, I could have a precognition of something major down that path, the newest concept being simply a glitch in the Matrix, but who knows. Those are concepts I cling to in order not to sink into some form of nihilism. (laughs) For me, my reality is forever changed. I don't expect readers or listeners to believe me outright, because at the end of the day, it was all in my head. I can only give my word as someone who wants to get my story out there to hopefully connect with others, who share something similar, and or figure out this mystery. Since prom night, I have had no similar undeniable moments of precognition. Just smaller ones that could be chalked up to dumb brains. I have a suspicion that it's due to pain pills I had to start taking regularly due to a chronic condition. I have a strong feeling that, if my head was clearer, 
this ability would have continued or progressed. Maybe life had to nerf me due to me seeing too much. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for reading. Side note, I tried to reach out to my ex-girlfriend through her sister to see if she remembers the symbol on her hand that night. Unfortunately, I haven't heard back, and I didn't want to push it because it's a weird thing to ask after years of no contact. I'm a 60-year-old male and recently retired from my job. I live in the same town where I was born. It's a small town of only 30,000 people, so I know this place well. I live alone and still get up at 5.30 every morning. I take a shower, shave, dress, and I'm usually out the door a little after 6. About a month ago, something happened that I can't get out of my mind. I drove about two miles from my home to a small diner for breakfast. I have always used the drive through even before COVID. I don't like to eat in public alone, so I take my meal home. This particular morning, in addition to being dark, it was foggy and cold. So I turned on the heater in the car and drove carefully through the fog to the diner. This time of morning, there's little traffic, so... It usually only takes me about five minutes or so to get there. They know me at this diner, and they're always friendly and quick with my order. Nothing happened out of the ordinary on the way to the diner or while I was there. It was on the way home that something went wrong. I turned off of a large four-lane causeway into a small neighborhood that borders the development that I live in. I always drive slowly through here because there are a lot of children and pets in this neighborhood. I normally drive about 500 feet past a dozen small houses on each side of the road to a four-way stop sign where I turn left. This intersection is well lit by two bright streetlights. A policeman lives in this corner, and he always parks his police car under one of the streetlights. This reminds everyone to stop at the sign and to slow down. Only, this morning, I didn't see the intersection, or the streetlights, or the police car. I'm driving along, and I realize I should be at the stop sign. Then I notice the fog is thicker now, and I can no longer hear the sound of my car heater fan blowing. I feel the heat, just no sound. I also don't hear the engine or the humming of my tires on the road. I don't recognize the houses on either side of the street either, and they seem to be moving closer to the road. I get the feeling they're trying to crowd around me. I want to turn back, but a voice tells me, Keep going. Don't turn around. I arrive at a fork in the road. This fork, which I have never seen before, is lit by a dim streetlight and has a yield sign that looks very old. It's one of those yellow ones with black letters that I remember from my childhood. It's rusty and leaning to one side, like it's been hit a couple of times. The voice says, take the right fork. This time I just do it. Now, the houses have disappeared. It's just me alone in my car with the fog, the silence, and the cold darkness. I'm about ready to scream when I see a very bright light ahead... And the voice says, drive to the light. I still want to turn around, but 
Somehow I keep moving forward. I trust the voice now. I'm relieved to discover that the light is coming from a convenience store at a familiar intersection. Only this intersection is at the opposite end of the street that I just turned on to, off the causeway. I've covered a distance of two miles in under a minute. How this happened, I don't know, but I turn towards my house. At this point, I can hear the heater fan again, and I kind of smile at the humming sound my tires make on the road. I arrive home safely, ate my breakfast, and tried to forget what just happened to me. And I'm still trying to forget it, but I don't think I ever will. Okay, so this story is nothing big compared to some of the stories I've read, but it still blew my mind. This happened about a month ago. I was driving in my small city that I live in, and I was coming close to a roundabout. This roundabout had four sections leading in and out. I was coming straight ahead, and right opposite of me, there was a gray car coming in. This is where the glitch happens. I was starting to slow down to potentially stop if the car was about to pass me so we wouldn't collide. But as the car got into the roundabout, it drove behind tall grass in the middle of the roundabout, and it just never came out on the other side. I was baffled. I almost stopped to let it get through, but it just disappeared. There's nowhere it could have gone. The road on the left was very long and straight, so it couldn't have gone there. I just really didn't know what to think or do, and it still blows my mind. All my life, I've had many glitches happen to me, but this one I found rather interesting and unnerving. Almost 20 years ago, I had a memorable moment of deja vu. We had just moved in with some friends, and the next day I had to go to my college classes. I had to ride a new bus for the first time, and partway through the ride, everyone on the bus started freaking out because the bus wasn't going through the military base like it normally did. Instead, it went around it. It was all new to me, so I didn't think much of it. I got to school and into my first class, about halfway through, someone came in and told the teacher that the school was being closed and all the students had to go home. I'm dyslexic and I receive extra time on my tests, but I had to go to a special lab to get it. I was concerned because I had an appointment that day and if I missed it I wouldn't get another chance. The deja vu started at this point. As I walked up to the door of the Proctor building, but I found it locked. I knocked and a woman opened the door, and I told her about my appointment, and she said, You haven't heard? I said no. She continued, Go home and watch the news. And she closed the door. I was confused and went to sit down. I remembered the entire interaction, word for word, from an extremely vivid dream that I'd had some time before. This happens to me periodically, so I didn't think much of it. My main concern was that I wasn't sure how to get back to my new home. 
when a woman came up to me and asked if I was alright, I said I was fine, but I was wondering what was going on. She said, you haven't heard, and I said no. She seemed reluctant to tell me, but sat down and said that there had been an attack in New York on the World Trade Center. When I had my moment of deja vu, it was exactly when the second tower fell on 9-11-01. Okay, I've been reading this subreddit for years, and for some reason it just occurred to me that a glitch totally happened to me when I was around 18 years old, and it totally freaked me out at the time. I'm 23 now. I'd been hanging out at my friend's house and left to go home pretty late at night, 12am, 1am. I lived in a smallish suburb at the time, so at this time of night there was really nobody out driving. I got to the main road right outside my actual neighborhood, and was a few turns away from the street that I needed to turn on. I'd lived there for years at this point, so I was very familiar with this road and everything around. Next thing I knew, a huge deer jumped out from what seemed like nowhere. Like, it went from nothing at all in the road to the deer pretty much being right in front of my car. I remember thinking, holy crap, there's nothing I can do, I'm about to crash. I also remember thinking that the deer was almost literally running into my car, like not trying to run across the road, but like right into me. Then, I just remember this scream that came from like the depths of my being that I imagine only comes out of you when you know you're about to die or be seriously hurt. I went to slam the brakes, but like I said, the deer was already at my car, and I braced myself, and then all of a sudden the deer was just not there. I looked in all directions, and there was no deer anywhere. I was driving on a four-lane road, and there were only buildings and parking lots on the other side of the road, so I would have definitely seen the deer if it somehow managed to jump out of the way. I couldn't understand what just happened, or why I couldn't see the deer anywhere, and I was actually thinking, is the deer stuck under my car, or like on top of it? I know that doesn't make sense, but I just couldn't process there being no deer. I picked up my phone and called my friend Alex, whose house I was just at, freaking out and telling him the story as I was pulling into my driveway and telling him that I was scared to get out of the car, because I was still half afraid the deer, or part of the deer, was on my car. But when I finally got out, my car was totally fine, and there was no sign of any accident there. I didn't know a lot about timeline jumps and glitches back then, but now I feel like maybe that's exactly what happened. Yesterday, my boyfriend and I were enjoying the beautiful day, and we decided to take up a walk up to the local Cumberland Farms to grab some iced coffees. Nothing out of the ordinary. That was until on the walk back home. I want to explain the layout of the area briefly, so you can kind of understand. So, there's our street, and at the end there's a blinking light, 
and then a pretty big corner on the left side, if you're coming out of our street, and then you're on a pretty busy main road where the Cumberland Farm is. As we were walking back down the main road and rounding the corner to get onto our street, a white Mercedes-Benz car came flying behind us around that corner. I get it. The person was probably looking at a car ahead, etc., and it's kind of a blind corner and cars do come around it fairly fast. What's crazy is that we didn't even hear it. Something inside of me just said to turn around, and as I did, the person, who was a woman with dark hair and a red shirt on, was swerving to avoid us. My boyfriend and I both saw the car, and we both saw the woman that was driving it, it was almost as if time had slowed down for just that brief moment. I said, Holy crap, that car almost hit us. His reply was, Yeah, that white bends? We brushed it off. We kept walking, talking, didn't really think much of it. We were about 800 yards from our house when a woman with dark hair and a red shirt on was bringing in her garbage cans. You can tell she was most likely just getting back from work, still had her work badge on, and this was around 6pm. We live in a pretty small, friendly little community. The side her house is on is directly on the lake. We say hello, and she says, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to scare you guys back there, I didn't even see you. We said that it was okay and that it's definitely a blind spot, and we all laughed it off, and the boyfriend and I kept walking towards our home. Now, this is the weird part. The houses that are on the lakeside have literally the smallest driveways, basically non-existent, and pretty much no lawn either, so no garage. Nowhere for a car to be pulled around, and nothing. This particular home, the woman's home with the red shirt, honestly gives off more of a summer cabin kind of home, if that makes any sense at all. Anyways, there were two cars in the little parking area of her home, a bright red, and I mean apple red, and an ugly green one, more on the dark side. Both are colors that you don't really see. I'm not sure on the exact type of car that they were, but they were both the same, besides the color. Ugly cars that I want to add... Definitely nowhere near what a Benz looks like. Not even close. And more like what a Prius looks like. My boyfriend was the one that made the comment and said, I thought it was a white Mercedes that almost hit us. I was so dumbfounded. I kept looking back, trying to justify what just happened. It was a thousand percent the same woman, but a totally different car? I mean, these cars' body shapes were so beyond different that... There's no way we could have possibly mixed it up. Not to mention the color. A bright apple red and a Mercedes white. I woke up this morning still trying to rationalize this mix-up, and no matter how logical I try to be, I just can't. When I was 17 years old, my friend and I had a really fun Saturday. She had a convertible Volkswagen, and we would drive around playing music and talking. 
We are still friends and have always had really good talks about the paranormal universe, even as teens. I've actually always been intuitive and had paranormal interactions, as has she. Anyway, she ended up coming to my house, and I'm the oldest of five kids. My bedroom was actually a breezeway that people would walk through to get to the garage, basement, and laundry room. So, usually if a friend slept over, we slept in the TV room, which had two sliding glass doors into the dining room. If you walked through the dining room, you would get to the kitchen, and then there was a wall so you couldn't see if anyone was sitting at the kitchen table until you walked in. It was the 90s, so we didn't have cell phones, so no alarm, and there was a clock that chimed on the hour in the TV room. The clock chimed and we both woke up on the two couches and talked for a few minutes about our Sunday plans. Some of our friends had mentioned wanting to go to the beach, so we figured we would go call them. The clock said 8am when it chimed. We got up and walked into the kitchen, but no one was awake. Four small kids and two parents just still asleep at 8am wouldn't have made much sense. So, we look at the clock in there and it says 6.30am. Okay, maybe the clock in the TV room was wrong. We both go and lie back down talking for a few and then decide to go back to sleep and wake up to call our friends about the beach later. We wake up this time because my sister comes into the room excited to see my friend. We hear the two sliding glass doors open and she comes in waking us up loudly. So we trudge into the kitchen and my mother and father are sitting looking tired and they say, sorry they woke up so early today. We kept her out as long as we could. She's been up since 5am. I look quickly to the clock, and it's 6.15. I'm so confused, but then sometimes I have lucid dreams and very vivid dreams, so I assume that I dreamt the thing before. We chat for a minute, and I ask my friend if she's ready to call our friends, and she just says, Uh, no, I have to go. She leaves in a hurry. When I called her later to check in because I thought maybe something had happened, she said, You're gonna think I'm crazy, but... And she proceeded to tell me exactly what I experienced. She had experienced it. And I laughed and explained that I had the same thing happened and thought that I had just been lucid dreaming. We're now almost 40, and we still talk about that day and theorize on why and how it happened to both of us. We haven't told many people because, when we did, our friends just thought that we made it up, and our families just said that we probably smoked too much pot. But we know that there was some sort of glitch that happened, and it leads me to where I am today. This happened somewhere between the early to mid-2000s. I was a kid, but old enough to remember a few things from that day. Backstory. Every single Sunday for most of our childhood, my dad would take my sister and I to a local forest to let off some steam, and so that my mom could have a few hours to herself. 
We would go from around 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and had a regular route that my dad, and even us kids, knew by heart. The day this happened, we parked in the car park and headed up the steep incline that leads to the forest as normal. You can either walk across the car park toward a short, flat trail around the pond, or head up into the proper forest, which is what we always chose to do. Once we were up the incline, my sister and I were free to run ahead, as long as my dad could still see us. Something I usually took advantage of, apart from this day. As soon as we were in the trees, I noticed immediately that something felt off. I couldn't put it into words any more than that. All I knew in my kid brain was that the forest felt different, and I instinctively knew that I should stay close to my dad. I still walked ahead of him and my sister, but only by a few steps. The way I can think to explain the feeling is, is wary. Like, when you have to go to bed on your own as a kid after watching a scary film. It wasn't flat-out terror, but I was jumpy and on alert. There was an atmosphere in those trees. I hadn't felt it before and haven't felt it since. I can't remember much more of the walk, just that it felt different the entire way, but I definitely remember the end of it. Remember how I said there's a short trail around a pond? We'd hit our marker and were about to go onto that trail that leads back around the car park, but the path wasn't there. My dad was almost spinning in circles trying to find this path. He had no problem finding it for years, and my feeling was confirmed. He turned to me and my sister and was explaining to us how weird it was that the path was not there. And then he turned to look again, and there it was. As soon as we saw that path and the pond and people again, the funny feeling disappeared. We still talk about it to this day. Whenever my dad and I talk about weird stuff, we always mention how we have our own story. It always starts along the lines of, Do you remember when the path disappeared at the place? He didn't have the funny feeling that I had until the path thing happened, and I told him about it later. But he did experience something himself while we walked that day. He remembers seeing a man in a red beanie ahead of us, at one point, who suddenly vanished, somewhere that it wasn't possible to vanish like that. So, yeah... That's my unexplainable story. It's not as exciting as most on here, but it's certainly a core memory for me, and something that definitely kick-started my interest in the unexplained. So, it was 2008 or 2009. I can't remember exactly. It was around the time that the USA was phasing out antenna TVs, and there was that huge push to get the digital converter boxes. I'm sure a lot of you remember this. So like many people, my family only had cable in the living room, and all of our other TVs, including the one in my bedroom, needed the converter boxes. The converter boxes finally come in, and I am tasked with hooking them up in my room my parents' room, and my sister's room. I get them all hooked up, and all is well the first day. 
The next day, I noticed that periodically my TV would get a large black box that would appear perfectly centered in my TV and would take up about 60-70% to of the screen, and all anyone could see was the outer border. This would happen multiple times daily and only ever to my TV and my converter box. My parents didn't want to go through the hassle of replacing it, so I just had to deal with it. Fine. Months go by, and my best friend would come over to hang out all the time. We would play games and watch TV daily. So he has also seen the strange box that appeared on my TV multiple times. Then the news is on, and I remember it was some interview with Reverend Al Sharpton. I don't recall exactly what it was about, but my friend and I both disagreed, and were just acting obnoxiously and talking general crap about Al Sharpton, whatever he was harping on about. It was immediately after that that the black box takes over the screen, except this time... In white letters and all caps inside that box, it reads, SHUT UP, with at least eight exclamation points. We were both stunned and just immediately stared in silence at the screen. It wasn't subtitles, it wasn't closed captioning, it wasn't an hallucination. Someone somehow inserted those letters on my screen at the exact moment on purpose. Who it was, or... What the purpose is, I have never known, and it's driven me crazy thinking about it all these years. The message stayed on the screen for at least two full minutes, and then just disappeared. This was the catalyst for both of us to start our journey through all things strange and conspiracy-related, and I've never read anything similar happening to anyone else. We tore apart the converter box later that night, looking for any kind of transmitter device or microphone, but we couldn't find anything of the sort. Of course, we had no experience with those things and were teenagers, so it's entirely possible something was there that we just missed. I put the box back together and plugged it back in, just waiting and hoping for another message to appear, or something that would come from it, but it never did. Neither of us have ever forgotten about it, though, and we both wish we could know how it happened, and why. In December of 2017, we needed to get Christmas stockings for our first holiday living on our own as a new family of three. Being that our son was also one year old just the week before Christmas, and we had a trip planned to see the family, the budget was tight. I decided to settle on some cheap throwaway stockings made of felt that I figured we would just use to get us through this first holiday, and if they didn't hold up, or I wanted something else going forward, no big deal. My husband's stocking had a felt sant on it, with a glued-on snowflake embellishment on the toe to the sock. It was the last stocking of its design that wasn't messed up in some way or other, then hanging a bit shorter than the others. I was glad to have found it because it was also the last way I could find a matching set of three all in the same style. Our son had a reindeer with a scarf embellishment, 
Mine had a snowman with a hat embellishment. Around two weeks into having them, my husband notices just one of the spokes on the snowflake embellishment is missing. Thinking our son messed with it and probably got it folded back or tucked behind itself somehow, I got up to investigate. Not only was it not just creased down, I really got in there trying to be sure to the point that I was worried I would undo the hot glue holding the entire snowflake on. It was snipped. It was a clean cut straight across like a pair of scissors. Furthermore, I found the now cut-off spoke on the floor beneath where the stocking hung. We talked about how it was weird that it seemed trimmed off, and that it's a bummer because, even for being cheap, they made quite the cute trio. I threw the dismembered piece away, because it was honestly just not even worth saving. It wasn't a big enough deal to me. A week and a half or so goes by when my husband is again the whistleblower. This time... He's telling me the spoke is back, and asking me when I got a new stocking. Confused, I go to grab the stocking and show him closer, since clearly his eyes needed some help. I'm walking over to pick it up while telling him that I didn't get a new stocking, so he's obviously mistaken and just seeing things. Sure as hell, it's there. I tug on the piece that we both saw on the floor, and both saw me throw away. It's solid. Like, it never was detached. There's no evidence whatsoever that it was repaired, even though that wouldn't have been possible either. My husband didn't replace it either to mess with me. It was the same short, off-kilter hang that it always had, and was unique to that specific one in comparison to even the others at the store. An error in processing that made it obvious that it was THE stocking. We still have the questionable Santa stocking, and it has had its complete snowflake ever since its mysterious return. Major event? Maybe not. But the fact that it was experienced by two other people at the same time, during both instances, makes it interesting, at the very least. So this happened about four years ago, but me and my boyfriend, now fiancé, remember this exactly the same and still have no explanation. We had just moved into our first house, and for an idea of the layout, when you walk through the front door, the living room, dining room, and kitchen are all one room, and you have a visible view of the sliding glass door that goes to the back porch when you walk in the front. On the outside, if you walk through the carport, there's a screen door that also enters the back porch. It was a pretty small house, so walking from the car to the front door takes like 10 seconds tops. For context, soon after we moved in, we rescued a dog, Athena, a 9-month-old Sharpay. We had only had her for a couple of days at this point, and she was not house-trained. She would run if she got the chance to get through the door. There were times where I spent hours chasing her down the neighborhood when she would slip through my legs. She was also very skittish, and didn't like interaction at the time because of her former situation. The only way to lock our sliding glass door was to jam a PVC pipe on the tracks, 
so it couldn't be opened from the outside. The screen door on the porch was also locked, and the screen was higher up, and the bottom part was blocks. Okay, now to the nitty-gritty. We needed to get groceries for our new house, and couldn't leave the dog inside because of the fact that she wasn't house-trained yet. She would go everywhere and rip everything apart. It had happened once already. It was a cool night, and the back porch had a fan, so we put her on the back porch with her food, waterbed, and the fan going, and we went to the grocery store a few blocks away. When we got home, we walked in with the groceries, left the front door open, and had to make several trips to and from the car. Each time, we walked out together and walked in together, and each time she was sitting there looking at us through the window or playfully jumping at the door. Each time, I would stop and playfully jump back towards the window. Well, the very last bit of groceries we were bringing in through the front door, we both stopped dead in our tracks. She was inside, walking from the sliding glass door. It looked as if she just walked right through it. We both looked at each other confused. We were never out of each other's sight, so neither of us could have let her in without the other seeing it. The PVC was still jammed in the door, and it was tightly shut still. We went to the screen door, and it was still locked. We checked for any holes or opening in the screen and the back porch, but there were none. Thinking back, even if she would have gotten out from the back porch somehow, she would have just run away. We checked and pondered any possibility, but it just didn't make any sense. We still have her to this day. She's five years old and is the best good girl ever. She's house-trained, no longer skittish, and is very happy and healthy. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on... The As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, Submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.